Hey, Yuvin Tini, welcome back to the All UV Cast channel where it's all UV all the time. And it's a uh, victory, uh, victory morning here. 4 1, UV getting the job done against uh, Sampadoria. And um, we are going to tackle this one and have a lot of fun doing it because it was a fun watch. Uh, I think a lot of us were saying, Where's the Juventus I've come accustomed to seeing? Who is this Juve? What a fun watch. And here to cover it, we've got Lex and Francisco. How are you guys doing? Ready to go? Yeah. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Okay. There's a nice score line for everybody to check out. We've got a ton in the chat already. And you know what? It's always great starting off a show with comments like this. Okay. Been listening to the podcast for a while. Stumbled upon the pre-match stream halfway through yesterday and enjoying all the work you guys are putting in. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for all the support, everybody. Uh, Bob, good morning, my friend. Always in here. Okay. Bob, getting everybody pumped up and hyped up ready. He's our chat hype guy he's always in here okay love it but yeah let's get uh, straight to business with this match okay we're gonna talk about the lineup because the lineup came out and you had some people not so happy with it just in the sense that they expected more of the young guys to start right out of the gate um i want to get your guys's thoughts on the lineup which we'll basically go through it here was uh Pedin, Dishilio Danilo making his return, which was awesome to see. Okay. And then uh, Rugani, Sandro, Quadrado, Locatelli, Artur, Rabio with Kulishevsky and Morata. That's uh, the start of the match. Now, for me, everything was uh, good. I like the fact that we were going to see Locatelli and Artur in there together. And uh, outside of that, really, I didn't have any issues. I thought maybe Kyle Georgie would get a start uh, finally. And we knew that we had um, some more youngsters in the Convocate. They were on the team sheet, which was uh, Miretti, Sule, and Ake. So I don't know if I was necessarily upset that none of them really started. But uh, I thought Kyle Georgie was going to get a start here because we still don't really know, I think what we have in this kit. So that was my only weird kind of feeling about the starting lineup was not having him in, but I expected him to get maybe the entire second half. If we were going to feel comfortable and see what was going to happen. Cause we had to remember that Sampdoria was without a coach. Number one, they got rid of their coach. I think the day before this match fired their coach and uh, then they were just depleted lineup. Right. So losing uh, almost all their key guys. So Francisco, did you expect Kyle Georgie to get the start? How did you feel about the lineup? And then we'll get Lex's thoughts here. I thought about it, uh, but I wasn't surprised that he didn't start because obviously Allegri is trying to manage the true strikers, like trying to give minutes to Keane, trying to give minutes to Morata. So I, I would have wanted to see Kyle, but I wasn't surprised that he didn't play. Like he didn't start the game it wasn't like a shocker and with the lineup i was i was it was okay for me because that's what we wanted rotations i do have to say i didn't ex i didn't thought that a lady was going to play arthur and locatelli together and 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 when he did it i was like is 
a good idea because it's a match in which you're going to rotate. Let like try it. If you're going to try it in what match, try it today. So he tried it and he and it it went well, I think. So maybe he has more confidence in that duo on the midfield and and for the future. Obviously, uh, yeah. I, th I think McKennie should be this other guys playing if you're going to play with the, those three midfielders. But that's another uh, another a topic for another day. Yeah, but I wasn't surprised, and frankly, it was a good lineup, and that's what we had. Yeah, so no surprises there for Francisco. Uh, Lex, what did you think? Surprised to not see him? Uh, I, I agree with both of you. I wasn't surprised. I didn't expect him to start. Like, when I saw a report saying that he was going to start, I was shocked. But, I, I I mean, I wish that we saw more of him. I think he got subbed, subbed in, like, the 82nd minute. So, that's been unfortunate. Like, I really feel like I don't have a good gauge of the player and his effectiveness for us because we just we haven't given him enough time on the field and um, but other than that the lineup in terms of rotation in terms of you know resting some legs for the Milan game which is a really big game this weekend yeah I didn't have too many problems with it and especially like you said it was against a Sampdoria that just recently sacked their coach so yeah I thought I was fine with it all right now Hanin coming in here with Kyo needs to go on loan. This isn't healthy for his development. Real quick, without thinking, should we loan out Kyo? At this rate, yes. It's hard not to say yes if this is uh, what we're going to be giving the kid, right? Especially yes. like Copa Italia match against an absolutely depleted Sampdoria, which it showed in the match. We have to be honest. While we're excited about our play, this Sampdoria was very, very poor. But uh, yeah, and I have to say, in 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 fairness to the guy, he has shown good things. So I do think that if uh, uh, Juventus is open to loaning Kyle, something in Serie, I would say yes. I truly believe because he, the kid is he's he hasn't played bad the minutes that he had. He, you know that he has some talent. So there are something some teams. On the bottom, that should gladly take the guy, and he will get some playing time, which is what he what he needs. Yeah, yeah. Lex, think we need to loan him out. Yeah, um, like Francisco said, at this point, like if this is the playing time we're going to be giving him, just for his own development and confidence on the pitch, and like you said, he's shown some moments of some really good moments when we've had him on the field, and so I think I think teams would take him. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page there. Now, KM saying wasn't able to watch a match. How did uh, Kayo and Ake play? We will get to that. We'll get to that in the player performances uh, review side of things, okay? Now, real quick, uh, I get so excited sometimes to talk about these victories that uh, I forgot the business end of things. So if you're listening to the podcast on audio, get over to YouTube, subscribe, join the live chat, okay? We'll try and make sure that we uh, cut down Lucci and Luca so they don't, uh, you know drive you too crazy but uh yeah get over here where all the fun takes part okay check out striped tarts apparel um go to stripedtartsapparel.com that's a sponsor okay a ton of custom uv gear and azuri gear as well now highlights everybody let's check out the highlights so we didn't have to wait too long and it was a free kick when's the last time we scored on a free kick you guys remember 
No, I, I don't remember. actually remember, so I don't have an answer. I was just asking you, hoping you knew. But <laughs> I think uh, I... yeah, we scored on a free kick here. Did you think the keeper had to grab this one? I was like shocked it went in after I seen it. Took a little bit of a deflection at the line, but man, he was right there. Uh, I, I was surprised he let it go. Were you? Yes, because it's, it's there was a deflection, but the ball didn't move like drastically. Yeah, same position, and he was already like going for that side. Which if if he just went to that side, he will he would have covered. So yeah. that's that one is on the keeper. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I have to agree. Have to agree. Um, Lex. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Gotta stop that one. But we'll take it. One yeah. little UV. Let's go. <laughs> Here, you got a nice. Back and forth between Quad and Morata. Morata finishes beautifully with the keeper just staring. But last celebrations cut short. Rabio through Rincon, called back, back to 1 0. Ends up at half at 1 0. And uh, that's okay, though. We get back here. Artur putting a ball into our uh, deadly aerial threat and attacker, Rugani. <laughs> Who buries 2 0? The Rugani Selly, fantastic. Let's go. First Copa Italia goal ever for Juve. Then 2 1. We get a couple substitutions after that uh, 2 0 goal. Okay. But uh, Conte, remember this kid? Conte? Uh, hell of a strike here. Um, had way too much room, but that was a hell of a hit. Credit where credit's due. Fantastic strike, posting in, no chance for Pedin, and uh, 2-1 all of a sudden. That's okay, though, because Locatelli says, I got this. Dybala ent enters the match. Beautiful interception there from Locatelli. Must be said, awful of the Sampdoria player to put his teammate under like that, <laughs> but uh, Locatelli pounces on Dybala, absolutely smashes this thing short side, 3-1. And he chooses to celebrate this one. Fantastic. That makes everybody happy. Okay. So Dybala with the nice celebration. And then Ake, who came in like a bull in a china shop, just wanting to take everybody on. And he was looking good. Draws the PK here. And uh, Morata ends up stepping up, burying it. 4-1. <laughs> Business is done. Let's get out of here. Fantastic showing, okay? And now the Landucci in discussions start to take place. And I have to laugh at those, okay? We like to do it for fun on the team here on social media and whatnot. But we all know, okay, that this is, uh, this is still Max. It's still Max. So, and we'll talk about this. We'll get into all this. But first, of course... We have to go through some player performances, what we saw in our summaries and everything. And again, it plays in part for me that, you know, it's still, it's still Max. It's This match showed me that it's more who takes a pitch and how they're being used. Okay, but this was a good, good victory for Juve. Danilo getting minutes, okay, um, getting back, that was good. The fact that he could do it against an opponent that was depleted is actually better. You could see throughout his minutes there that the timing wasn't quite there. 
and he needs to get that back. Uh, so right now the confidence in him in a big match probably isn't where it should be just because he's got to get that timing back. I wish for that, that the match would have been a little bit more contested just in terms of timing and sharpness for Danilo. But no, don't get me wrong. Okay, Francisco's a little scared there. I'm not as scared. We would have got the job done, but a little no. bit more. And I'll show you why. I'll show you why. No, no. no. We, we have, why we have a lot of contested matches this season. I wanted Listen. one easy one. Listen, <laughs> okay. He got a run in, but that was like, I bet you they train harder than that match. Okay, so <laughs> let's take it easier. <laughs> Danilo was good. Getting some of the young guys' minutes. Kyle Jorge did not get enough minutes. I would have liked him to see. He came in very late. Um, I don't even think he got 15 minutes worth of time. Ake was very, very impressive. Um, he was an exciting youngster to get in there. The guys scoring goals. Morata needs to score goals. Okay. Scored Dybala's firing. Got another one. Locatelli and Artur, what we've been asking for. It looks very, very well, and it uh, compensates for even in this an awkward four-four-two hybrid scenario. They still make up for that because of what they can do. Again, though, I'm left wanting more out of Kulishevsky in the minutes that he did get, and this is the part that's frustrating because we have to get this guy going. Dishilio and Rugani, though, man, they continue to just do their job. That's my summary. I'm happy with everybody. Happy with everything. We've got the building blocks. Again, the follow-up. Real quick, Lex, your thoughts on this one in your uh, summary? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you mentioned. Um, that's kind of what I took away from the game as well. I thought that, sure, it was an easier side, and um, we spoke about that earlier, but I thought that it was um, it was a good win. It was a good win for us. I think we went out and we did what we had to do and what the, we needed to do. We got the job done easily. And so I think that we did it while being able to manage minutes for certain players in anticipation of this weekend's match. So um, I think as we talked about, yeah, the Landucci jokes, it's like, it's funny to just say that it's kind of coincidental or ironic that the games that he happened to be coaching we scored four goals each game in and um obviously as you mentioned Allegri and Landucci are a team a coaching team and they work together and make game plans together and decisions together so that's also Max and it's, it's Allegri still but it's I think we're fortunate that we have an assistant coach that can step in and do do well for us and um like you mentioned i think it's more personnel that was playing like the both games that we happened to have landucci and we had the arthur loca duo duo featured at some point in the game and in this case it was from the beginning and i think that just played a huge role in our midfield like arthur on the ball is great on the ball for especially moving it along the back line transitioning it forward i thought that Locatelli was fantastic yesterday. Um, we'll get in more into individuals' performances later, but that exactly um, that's what I had taken away from it as well. And would have liked to see more of Kayo for sure, just because of the opportunity that we had, given that it was a Coppa Italia match. We were in control of it, but that would be my match review. There you go. And Francisco, your thoughts? I agree with what Lex said. Um, I have to say, I thought that the that goal from Sampdoria prevented uh, the youngsters from getting in uh, a little earlier. I think that it was like, well, let's let's just finish the game first, and then we go give those minutes to the youngsters 
one once we went out for one, then the game was sealed. So we started giving those minutes. Um, disappointed about Kulu. Uh, I think that these are the minutes, the games in which you need to try your best and, and try things. And if they don't go well, that's that happens. But try it at least try it. And he was so. Uh, like timid, he didn't try enough things, and that that was the thing that scares me. That he's losing the sense of uh, of trying new things, risking, which is one of his uh, at the end of the day one of the of his main things. The, the style he plays. Uh, if he doesn't risk it and he always playing safe, that's not that's not good. On the contrast, we saw. Obviously, not comparing the two players, but we saw the youngster AK coming in, and he was taking the risk. And many times, I always say, uh, young guys come on coming to these type of games. They say, "Oh, these are garbage, garbage minutes. They don't matter." So they just cruise throughout the game, and and they don't take the opportunity. At the end of, I was talking to all uh, before the pod, and I was saying. The big man is watching you. You have the coach seeing you. This is a, a televised game. You're playing in front of the fans. Try it. Try it. Do you think that before the game, uh, AK was thinking that we were going to talk that much about him? Maybe no. But he said, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. I will grab the ball by the horns. And he tried. And, and obviously, the game was done. And obviously, Sampdoria was playing like crap. But it has to be said. He tried new things. He was trying to associate. He was trying to go one-on-one. And and right now, maybe he's not being taught out as a starter, obviously. But in the back of the mind of Allegri, he's thinking, oh, I have this kid that maybe he can get some more minutes in the future. He's not. He's a good. He has talent. And we are all speaking about him. Why? He took the risk and he tried things, and frankly, he was doing some sweet things. I have to say that the, the, the Italians got uh, fans were going uh, in Spanish mode, saying "ole," and so I was happy with that. Yeah. I was happy with that. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, breaking things down uh, a lot there on in terms of Kulu and then Ake and whatnot. But we are going to get to Kulu because there's a lot of comments here about just it's time to move them, time to sell them. And chat brings up uh, something that we will lead the discussion with once we get through uh, our man of the match. And it's I think Kulu has found his level at a smaller club. One good performance and the odd goal assist every four games is enough. Not at Juve. Very, very interesting. We will uh, break things down. We have to get to our Striped Hearts apparel-sponsored Man of the Match. This was a interesting one to try and pick Man of the Match because everybody was going all over the place with their Man of the Match. So we'll put up some of the contenders. Arthur had a good showing. He was up there. Okay, so you see 75 minutes played, had an assist, 103 touches. Um, 86 accurate passes for just shy of 93%. Three key passes. Uh, one cross that went in for the goal on balls one. Had a shot, went off target, whatnot. But yeah, good, good showing. Uh, ground duels one for a guy who's not good defensively. Four for four. Hey, hey. Not bad. Not bad, Arthur. Let's see who else we got. Loca. Locatelli. 
So a full 90, that one kind of surprised me with Milan coming up, you know, um, and obviously was not necessary to have him in for a full 90, but nonetheless, full 90 for him. An assist, obviously on Dybala's goal there, 101 touches. So you had him with 101, Artur with 103. Um, they were just bossing things um, as expected to. Again, he had the same, just shy, like 92.9%. Pass, uh, actually, key passes, six key passes. Um, yeah, just a great game. Ground duels, uh, five for 11 there. Um, he was really uh, everywhere. Possession lost number, very, very high, which is uh, shocking. I don't actually, yeah, yeah, is what it is, but he was solid. He's up there. Quadrado, Quadrado's up there, 75 minutes, uh, scoring the goal on the free kick there. Again, 94 touches, heavily involved. Uh, you can see on the heat map there where he uh, dominated his wing there. So he's in there. Rugani. Rugani's in there for solid showing. Uh, he was being called by a lot of people. I just want to go on the record by saying I wish this match was a little more contested, Francisco, and you jumped up. Here's why. This is our center back. Zeros. <laughs> right here in this call of right here. Zero tackles. Uh, zero drill pass, zero interceptions, zero block shots, zero clearances. We could have been tested a little bit more for Danilo's sake, but Rugani scored a big goal. That ended up being the game winner. He's in there. Who do you pick for your man of the match? We're going to start this one with Lex. Lex, who's your man of the match pick for this match? I've got to go with Locatelli. I know probably popular one, but he just ran a clinic in the midfield um, yesterday. He was fantastic um, doing things on the field in the midfield that we haven't seen since, in my opinion, since the likes of like Marquisio Pirlo. And it's beautiful to watch. He had that flick over the Sampdoria player. I think it was in our own end. And that just piece of skill was, it was beautiful. I thought he had a great match. I think Quadrado deserves a shout too, because he was a great attacking threat, and I thought he ran at Sampdoria all game for us yesterday, and he played well too, but I'm going to go with Locatelli. Locatelli for Lex. Frankie? You're going to witness the start of a club that I'm beginning today. It's the lockdown club. It's going to only take into consideration defenders. So I'm going with Rugani. I don't Rugani. care about the zeros. Don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The lockdown club has spoken. They say Rugani is the man of the match. There you go. No so, matter. Rugani for Frankie. We got Loca for Lex. Louis coming in here with Juan for him. And uh, for me... Wipe all these guys out. The entire team. Everybody. I'm giving everybody man match. I was just happy with the performance. I was happy to see fluidity in our play. And uh, I I loved it. Um, I can't. I had a tough time even going with it. If I had to give the edge to somebody, for me, it would just be Loka. And I'm biased, of course, because I, I'm a midfielder myself. So I always usually <laughs> tend to go to the midfielders. Frankie's the defender, loves to go to the defenders. It's all making sense. Lex, attacking mid. Yeah, we get it. We could see where everybody usually lies there. But uh, 
all these guys were good shows. They all had solid performances. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it, again, it was a great game to watch. The fluidity was there. And again, the discussions became, what was it? Was it again, Landucci? That's eight goals in two showings. I've just, I gotta say, you know, we kind of, Lex and I both kind of touched on it. Look, there's no way just because Max isn't on the sideline, all of a sudden he just says, okay, well, I'm going to go relax for a couple of days. Uh, yeah. Landucci, this is all you take it easy. No, they've been working. They work together side by side and uh, they always have, they prepared everything the same way. And I can tell you probably with the substitutions that those are even kind of Max's Max's subs um, in certain situations. The Roma one you might say was not, I, I could probably see Landucci freewheeling on those subs given the circumstances yesterday being in control. The fact that Kyle George only came in in like the 82nd minute, that's got max written all over it. If you ask me, but uh, he's still, again, for me, it's more who they put out there and how they use them, you know, mm -hmm. and we can't kid ourselves. Sampadoria was awful. Okay, like they were bad. They they were missing a lot of guys. I don't care at the end of the day, though, because a win's a win. We're scoring goals, and we need to get rolling for Milan on the weekend. But the Landucci thing, whatnot, there's no way Max isn't involved in these setups. We have to understand that. Is there anything you guys want to add to this thing with this Landucci before we move on to the next topic? Anything? Mm, it's good to have So... You see communication with, between the two, and that's important at the end of the day. If something happens and you have Lucci who can step in, you don't change completely from your plan before because you do have a guy who is communicating with Max, who understands what Max has, what he needs, what the team has. And usually those uh, second coaches have more you can say a better relation with the players because they are the ones who are speaking with them more. I, I, I usually do see him uh, having a better relation in the sense that they usually are the soft ones in the sense that they want like, if the coaches screams to a player, they are the ones that go to the player and go, come on, man, you know how it is. You maybe need to try a little harder. So that's, that's why uh, I, I do like that it, we speak about the second guy and give him his flowers, but we need to understand, obviously, Allegri is the man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Lex, anything to touch on there? Yeah, not much to add there. Yeah. Just kind of like I said on the last pod after the Roma game is that, like, essentially there's a game plan that they more or less come up with together and follow. And like you said, Al was going to mention that too. I think the only argument you could have where – was more so his direct influence was probably the Roma game substitutions, just given that we kind of unexpectedly went down 3-1. Um, and so in that moment, it's kind of like game plans out the window. Now we have to like deal with the situation. But yeah, otherwise, it's, it's a team effort for sure from both Absolutely. coaches. Now, Kulishevsky, we kind of dove into uh, a little bit and a lot of people are making comments. Chat, of course, made his comment saying that we found Kulishevsky's level, which is not that of Juve's. Real quick, want to get your thoughts on that. I 
put out a statement the second Kiesa went down, and I said, this is last chance for Kulishevsky because he's going to start ramping up in minutes, and he needs to make his impression felt. So far, it's been, again, what we've gotten out of Kulishevsky, which is just underwhelming for the most part, and he just he's not making impacts the way he needs to. I see him as a player that's caught between several positions, not really able to excel in any one of them, for us anyways. And I'm ready to make the move, I think, uh, if I'm looking at this team and I'm looking at issues. Rugani and Deshilio, we will get to this and whatnot um, in, in terms of how I see everything with this roster. But for me, this is last chance for Kulishevsky. And I took some heat for it because everybody's like, why are you wanting to move this guy? He's so young and all this. And I'm like, because right now, he's not producing. He's not producing. He's not fitting in. And what good is that kid with all this potential if he's not showing it to us and not making it work for us? Well, you have to be patient. Our roster isn't allowing us to be patient if we have capital there that can then be reinvested. That's my two cents on it. Now it's time to hear you two break it down. First, do you believe this is last chance uh, for Kulishevsky? Second, do you agree with the fact that he's just... Um, in terms of Jet finding out his level. Um, let's start with Lex on this. Um, about, I think I agree with you in the sense that I think definitely these next months to the end of the season are going to be really important for his future, whether he stays with us or we get rid of him. I think because he's young, it's advantageous because we can probably get something, like you said, good capital for him because he's such a young player. Um, I don't haven't like I, I still haven't seen it yet. I'm not convinced by him yet. And like with Kiesa being out, I think it puts a lot of spotlight on him, um, either being a winger or attacking player for us that can kind of step up and help try and fill that void. Or maybe like he's just not there yet. Maybe he's not that player for us. Maybe we do need to ship him out and reinvest in a different player. I, For me personally right now, I'm not convinced by him, but I mean, he is young, willing to see what he's going to do with this opportunity because sometimes when some players go out injured, it's an opportunity for other players to step up. But I guess we'll just have to wait to the end of the season for that. But Yeah. Frankie. I remember the last time I came to the pod, I say we were talking about Max and bringing up young guys, and I said that it's not that Max doesn't want to bring the young guys; he doesn't want to bring them too soon and burn them in the eyes of everybody. And I thought that the Kulusevsky was put on that bad spot since the beginning, because if Max was the one bringing in Kulusevsky. He wouldn't have played him that much because he's very young. He, we need to realize the guy is 20 because obviously we talk about a lot about Chiesa, like he's 20. Chiesa is 24. Four years is a big difference in a football career. He's he, Obviously, he hasn't played good. And I'll be the first to say it. He hasn't played good. But... I just, he's so young that it's tough for me to say he's plateau. I don't think he has plateau. I do just think that he, last season he was put on a tough spot in the sense that 
new coach. He's playing different positions. He never got the uh, the playing time in the in the same position that a young guy needs. And this season, new coach, completely new ideas. Yes, he not he's not playing good. You need to take in in consideration that he's twenty. I if obviously if I'm an offer of came of fifty million, you sell the guy, no matter what, and you take the money and you try to invest invest it in the club. But you say, oh, the guy is plateau. He's not good. He's not a a, a, a Juventus level. I've heard that Juventus level thing a lot of times. I don't want to bring up a certain midfielder from Inter who has said that he wasn't on Juve level and he's playing on the Italian team. Right now. Excuse me. I hear you. I hear so, you. So I understand if $40 million come, yeah, you sell the guy. But let's not act like he's a 26-year-old that he's not playing a good level. He's 20. And, and you see the talent. You see the talent. And I understand the, the, the position thing out. But that's up to the coach to put on the right spot. Here's the thing, though. Here's the flip side to that. You've got Ake who stepped in there. In, and somebody nailed it on the head here in the chat. Said in 15 minutes, he showed you know a true understanding of that position. He plays it differently, much differently. I'm not saying swap Kulu out and just enter Ake immediately. But what I'm saying is he's not making an impact out of any of the positions that we are going to be playing him in. So for that reason alone, and again, yes, I don't think he's plateaued as a player whatsoever. However, if I go up and down this roster of Juventus right now and I pick a name of somebody that's not producing and not doing what's expected or what we should get out of him, he's one of the top. He's one of the top. Dishilio and Rugani, you know, guys that at the start of the season, you're frustrated they're even on your roster. They have not been a problem. They're not a problem. So if we're going into the summer and we're being realistic, if they continue as they have so far this season, they're not an issue. They're they're not even on the radar. Bernardeschi. Bernardeschi is a player with a history of player of fans wanting him gone. He is not on the radar. He's not on the radar for being a problem on this roster right now. So Kulishevsky, sure, he could go somewhere. He could develop into whatever he wants. But right now, if you play Kulishevsky on our wing, we have better wingers. If you play him in the hole, we have a player that's miles ahead of him in the hole uh, at Trey Cortista. And if we're not playing that other player, we switch to like a 4-3-3. If we want to play him as a Mitzala, we have better options as Mitsala as well. So he's in this problem where it's like, for us, he's not making sense for us right now. Then you throw in the fact that we need to bolster certain positions. He holds capital. That's why I think he is on the list of if, if it came down to it, I would move him because right now McKenney is starting to make his impact felt. And this is what these guys need to do. They need to make an impact. They need to make it a difficult decision. And right now Kulishevsky hasn't. And if he goes somewhere and he develops and that's great, but where we are right now, I don't think we can wait for that. And I don't think we need to, I think we need that capital 
more right now in order to bolster other positions because we talked about it. The youth project right now at Juventus looks quite fantastic. It looks really, really good with what we have up and coming. So I'm not so hesitant on moving them because of those reasons. What do you guys think about that flip side? Lex looks like she's ready to die. I agree. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you you bring up a lot of good points about um, how he's not fitting well with our current squad, like just kind of in between a lot of roles. And I wouldn't be surprised, though, if we did sell him, got money back from him, and then he went on and developed and became a really strong talent at a different club. I wouldn't be surprised. And I know a lot of us like to do that with um, certain players when they go off to other places and start playing so much better. It's like, we should have kept them. Um, but I think that it's, just, it's all about the situation. It's about the coach he's playing under. Um, I think, oh, this comment right here. Yeah, like Louis mentioned that he was a sorry player or meant to be. Um, and so that whole situation, right, depends who you're playing for, who's around you on the team. And as you mentioned, he is still very young, so I wouldn't write him off just yet. But I just think that if he's someone that has value that we can get capital back for and someone we can move out, then I, I'd be willing to do it. Yeah. Question. Louis, talk about the Juve mentality. The guy just is – you can say whatever you want. But to say that the guy doesn't run back and defend when he's asked to, when he was when we play against Inter last year, and he was the one assigned to shadow, but also be up and down the pitch. Let's not act like that. He's not. Uh, uh, he doesn't have an uh, an attitude problem in the sense that he doesn't want to defend, or he doesn't want to contribute. It's not at a good level. I agree. I've said it. I'm disappointed with his uh, performances. Would I sell him? No. I'll, I'll blow him because I'm tired of seeing the same story. A Juventus player is sold to another team, does well, and then we have to buy him back. Oh, no. You loan the guy to another team and you try to see if it develops. I'm sorry. A young guy like that, 20 years old, that half of Europe would want to have. So let's let's flip this let's flip the script here then Frankie. So who's if we're we need capital to make some moves, who's top of your list then of guys to move for Juve? Well, do, there are players that you move before Kulusevski. I'm, I'm sorry. Who do you move before Kulu though? That's what I'm asking. I, I'm saying Ramsey and Rabio before. Well, Kulu. okay. Well, Ramsey, that's a given. I mean, I don't even consider him part of the roster to be 100% honest with you because we're going to get a bag of peanuts and maybe a energy drink. That's probably it for Ramsey. Like nothing's coming from that. Rabio, that's a good shout. Okay. You can go Rabio because he came free. Rabio's there. So then who though? Who other guys like, who, who else would be up there? I I honestly he's he's amongst the top guys. Well, if an offer comes for 40 million, which is not going to come an offer for 40 millions for Kulusevsky, yeah, of course I saw him. I I I said it before. Yeah. If the, uh, if the amount of money that came uh, last season, we speak about selling McKinney for 40 million. 40 million is a big amount of money. I'm just saying, I wouldn't, if if a team comes for with 20 million euros and they say, oh, we want Kulusevsky, I would say, no, you can, you, you can have it on a dry loan. But that's a different discussion, though. That's yeah. what That's what you're trying to get, right? So obviously the offers and the details are there, but in terms of the depth chart and where he is, he is 
he's at the top right now of guys that are still up there. McKenney has started to save himself. So when all those discussions were happening there, McKinney was not, he gave us that half of the season, that first half against Pirlo. And then this season was kind of down until as of late where he's really found his stride. And naturally he would, because we started playing in a manner where he was a true Metzala, none of this hybrid nonsense, which I can't stress enough. Keep it simple. Keep it simple with these guys. But the Kulishevsky talk, this is great. Um, and we could go on, you know, forever. But we're gonna we're gonna carry on. We're gonna carry on. That's good stuff though. Dishilio Rugani, we've been talking about them, and again, not being a problem. This has been uh fantastic. Uh Danilo coming back. What were your thoughts on him at center back? Um, do you have a little bit more do you have confidence in playing Danilo at center back just in a pinch, or do you think there could be some more there to free up and give us more flexibility when we kind of get tight at the back there. How do you guys feel about Danilo in that center back position? What do you do with Danilo and Cuadrado moving forward in your version of our top lineup? Um, Lex, why don't you uh, start us here? Actually, you started us up last time. Yeah. Frankie, <laughs> Frankie, Danilo and Quad. Uh, Cuadrado is going to get the nod just in the sense that we have been lacking creativity and he's a player that give us, gives us a lot offensively and in the Danilo topic on cent- in central defense he played frankly on a back three last year like he was playing on a back three and he was one of the best defenders. I'd say by performance wise he was our best defender in the sense that he was always consistent and he didn't have a bad game, maybe one bad game throughout all the season. So last uh, yesterday when I saw the lineup and I saw Danilo on center, but I was like, okay, I've seen it before, and I expect him to to do the job. Maybe he's not Pellini uh, or the leg, obviously, but he's not a bad player to play in that role. So I, I don't mind it at all. In the sense of the right back, as I said before, he's gonna get uh, Quadrado is gonna get the the nod just on the offensive volume that he gives defense. And if we were having a squad that offensively was very potent, then we could have a different discussion. But right now, we need all the help we can have. And Quadrado is probably one of our best, if not our best uh, assist assist guy. So, yeah, Lex. Yeah, I was reading through some comments. I agree with, too, is that uh, Danilo is a very versatile player, and I think he's shown that. I think in terms of um, him at center back, he played in the back three often um, last season, and I think that he played well yesterday. I think that there was probably wasn't tested enough to, like, have a proper evaluation of it, but I, uh, based off of just yesterday's game. But I think that he can play – um, in the back line as their as center back or right back. And then we can push Quadrado up because as um, Francisco pointed out, having Quadrado in the attack is important. I think that he adds so much to our attack in terms of setting up plays, crosses, um, and stuff like that. So I, I like that. I think that Quadrado being able to move into a more attacking role is good for our team. Uh, I'm, I'm still not, I don't know. This match against a depleted Samp doesn't necessarily change my mind on Quadrado because when we saw him earlier this season back at the wing, I don't know. 
it's it's not the same. This one game didn't change my mind on it. I think I still prefer him coming from the back, and it also allows you to put an extra uh, offensive threat up higher in front of him that can also uh, create issues, uh, whether you go 4-3-3, whatnot. Danilo, I honestly, I'm using Danilo to break up that left side because I think Sandro's at the bottom of the totem pole. And, like, honestly, if it's me, I'm rotating Danilo and Pellegrini. Um, and DeShilio can even uh, – he's been fine enough to rotate in there. But I'm not uh, all for this quad going straight back up to winger because in the matches this season, up until this point, he hasn't been impressive uh, at the wing position. So I'm still kind of like – we can do it. I'm not against it, but it's got to be way better than uh, just this one-off match against Sampdoria there. Uh, I don't know. I need to see more of it. I, need to see, I can't just jump on it like that. Um, but I know that's not as entertaining for the reactionary uh, uh, you know, crowd that may be out there that wants to you know, bring Landucci in and fire Allegri just like that. And it's not as exciting an answer, but right now, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think I see Quadrado as, uh, yeah, he'll give you some issues out of uh, defensively here and there, but uh, in the long run, it gives you another another attacking option ahead of him that you can play. And at the end of the day, this team needs goals. If we're wanting Quadrado up there because of crossing and stuff like that, he can still do that from the fullback position. There's nothing stopping him from crossing the ball at a fullback position, there's still nothing stopping him from taking guys 1v1 out of the fullback position. What it does, though, is it allows you another forward attacking player, and this team needs to score goals. All right? So interesting discussion, though. Um, seeing a lot of people just want him further up now that Danilo's back, and I totally get it, and I understand it. I don't think there's a right or wrong, to be honest. Danilo needs credit, like many have mentioned, on how versatile he is, same with Quadrado. A couple of versatile players, having them back is big. Now, we've kind of tackled a lot. We got Kayo and our thoughts on Kayo, and we all feel we kind of need to loan him out. Kuliszewski was one heck of a discussion. Um, we're going to get to uh, questions. We need everybody's help because we've been arguing in the group chat about what we're going to call the rapid-fire question segment, okay, because – one of our team members just isn't happy with the Storm the Barn session, which was great, coming up by our friend of the show, Peter Balistrieri. But, Peter, I apologize. You know, we do make group decisions. And, yeah, if one doesn't like it, we got to figure some out. So let us know what you want the segment to be called. And now <laughs> is the time to get your questions in, okay, for uh, Rapid Fire. Just tag them. And Anthony says we are not giving it up. He says it's Storm the Barn. Leave the name. <laughs> Anyways, get your question. And look at this, Jat. I love Storm the Barn debate. There you go. Um, get your questions in here. And real quick, I'm gonna pull something up because I want to show everybody. Um, Anthony and I were on different sides of this yesterday because he thought that. Um, where was it here? I'm trying to pull it up. I have the tables here. So you figured in the semis, we could be playing either uh, Inter or Milan, but that's not the case. Um, so what I'm going to do is just pull up 
these brackets so that you can take a look here. Um, I had a feeling that they were on the opposite end of the bracket and any chance I get to personally tell Anthony he's wrong and I'm right, I will take it. Okay. So here's the evidence. Frankie shakes. There you go. So Juventus now awaits the winner of Sassuolo and Cagliari, um, potentially setting up um, after we crush either one of those. Come on. After we crush either one of those, semifinal versus Fiorentina and Atalanta. As you can see on the opposite end, you've got Milan that will face Lazio. Uh, we are waiting for uh, to see who's going to play in the other quarterfinal. Uh, Inter will face uh, Empoli, Roma face Lecce. So there you have it. That is what the bracket looks like here. Okay. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on Coppa Italia. Final at minimum? We winning it? Frankie. <laughs> the question is, 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 is how can you have a doubt? Al? That's Sorry, right. I don't I'm, have doubts. I didn't say I have doubts. No, you asked the question, so I'm going to talk to you in Spanish right now. <laughs> ¿Qué tú estás haciendo? ¿Por qué tú tienes duda? Claro que vamos a ganar. Of course we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going we're gonna to beat Inter in the final. Four zero. Oh, I don't think it's going to be Inter, but we're going to be in the final. Lex, any fun little predictions for the Copa? <laughs> um, Please don't yell at me in Spanish, Lex. I'm going. I agree with Francisco. I think that it's going to be Juve in the final. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Fiorentina. Is gonna end up against us They're oh so fiorentina them. knocking out atalanta juve fiorentina semi-final all right yeah that's what i'm gonna go with and oh. we're gonna play yeah we'll go with inter just so they're always fun to beat so we're gonna beat them in the oh, final oh. Ah, i like oh, that i like that there you go wow. There you I, go. Okay, so I, we got a couple of uh, Storm the Barn questions. I love it because they're keeping it Storm the Barn. So this name change probably isn't going to happen. <laughs> Who can we realistically get to improve the team? Center back, left back, central mid, winger, striker. So who can we realistically get to improve the team? Um, again, I would have thought that at this point when Chiesa went down, we had, like, I would have thought at this point we have 25 million euros or 30 million euros because the second Chiesa went down, I would have thought we pounced on a guy like Julian Alvarez. Uh, that's just my two cents. I, I've wanted the guy, so obviously I'm biased, whatnot, but I would have thought when Chiesa went down, we kind of strike on that, uh, that move. But I understand why they wouldn't, and that's because it very much looks like this management will not do anything before they sell. Whereas previous guy, what was he doing? He was bringing everybody in and then trying to push guys out. And that didn't work out very well for him or the books. Right. So it's a tough one then here, there, but uh, I think Julian Alvarez, he would be a realistic target. Skamaka is a very, very realistic target. Does he make, the improvement to the team? I think so. I think Skamaka would help this team. Um, we've got, unfortunately, we talked about some of our forwards. Keen is another one. 
just not delivering uh, enough, uh, nowhere near what we needed. So Francisco, realistically for you, who's a target that you think improves this team? I'm checking on his name because I forgot his name, but I, I read something about uh, midfielder, the Verona midfielder. Uh, what's his name? I'm checking out his name. But uh, he, I think he will play. He would be a good addition to Juventus. Ant Antonin Barak. Barak, yeah. yeah. I think that when I read it, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, and, and the asking price was like 20 million. And that's a guy that first sense improves our, our midfield. Like for real. A player yeah. like that, who is I think he's underrated on the league because obviously he plays in Verona and, and he has played that a couple of years now in Verona. And he's uh he's doing good. He had a great game. His last game was great. Yeah. So that's a guy to bring in doing that instantly. Instantly helps you a lot because it it gives you another midfielder with on the ball skills, talented midfielder. It's not just a defensive guy; he can go forward, he can attack, and he gives you. Uh, obviously, uh, the Scamaca thing. I I don't think it's gonna happen in January because of the of the price. Asking price is too high, and I I don't believe that it'll Juventus, be summer. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be summer. Yeah, and but a good midfielder uh, to a, a price that is not overwhelming and who will perform right away. I'll, I'll buy uh, Antonin Barak. I think he's a good a good guy for Juventus. Yeah, Barak's a great show. Big physical midfielder can give you goals too. Lex, um, as of who we can get realistically, I'm. Going with the Skamaka answer, I think we need another striker, especially someone who can play that nine role and is just a strong, tall, aerial presence, physical presence. I think he's been on fire. He's been on a great streak recently of form. And so I think someone like Skamaka helps add a lot to this team. I still think that we need another like creative midfielder in this squad that's also, we also need some help setting up in the attack, but I tend to focus on the attack, but I just, I do think that striker and another attacking mid is some place that we're like really lacking right now in our squad still. Yeah. And it's interesting when you start talking about the midfield, because you have Locatelli who can do some damage when move forward, but then you would only have Arthur playing that deep lying role. And then yeah. when you put Loka there, then you highlight that desperately that you need a creative guy in the midfield if Loka's playing deep lying. Yeah, I agree. So a defensive midfielder would be a good call too uh, to yeah. bring in and actually split that, allow Loka to stay there, but then still, he's still kind of one shy, right? Uh, McKenney brings you, he can bring you some goals out of the midfield, but it's different style, right? But interesting. Let's go to the next one. Uh, will we ever have a stable starting 11? No guessing game every week. And does this inability affect individual and team performance? This is a solid question. Um, will we ever is a tough thing because right now there's just so many injuries, you know, um, the COVID thing that looms around the league and everything. It's tough to say <clears throat> when you look at this team slowly, but surely, I mean, if we beat Milan on the weekend, we're four points away from them, uh, one way or another, however, the heck he's doing it. Max has been doing it. 
um, the results have been coming. And yeah, if you look at this team, Chiesa's out. Dybala was out for a bit. Danilo's been out for a bit. So it's like we have been just doing makeshift. I mean, look at the suspensions. Let's not even get into the nonsense of some of these rules, you know, with guys having to miss a Super Copa final because of uh, what happened in the league. And then Copa Italia, match w- Max was banned for something that happened three years ago. One of the players because of the Carabao Cup and whatnot. Like, it's it's madness, okay? But it, it does, uh, in my personal opinion, affect the team performance uh, 100% because we've talked about some of the shortcomings we have at certain positions, creative midfielder, uh, defensive midfield, whatnot. So when you're always constantly doing this makeshift thing, I 100% think it changes. Look at our most recent performances where all of a sudden the flash is up. Again, Locatelli being moved forward is a big thing. Artur helping control because two of the things we struggled in massively, creating opportunities and possession, ball possession. Those guys instantly help both of those issues. Locatelli in creation, Artur in possession because he's so strong on it. 100% I think it affects team performance. Um, Lex, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it affects team performance. Will we ever have a stable starting 11? I don't think so, just because of, like you mentioned, COVID injuries. I mean, hopefully, but I and I think Max still being his first year back, too, just trying out things. He had a lot of players missing, especially in December. We had a stretch there. We were missing important players, and he had to kind of make shift and make do with the lineup. But um, it does. I think it does affect the performance. But I think hopefully if we can get a stretch of games here where we have a solid group that we know is going to be starting, like at least a solid core group of players, then that'll help. But Yeah. Frankie. It does affect us, but it's, you cannot do <laughs> anything else. You, the injuries are coming. Yeah. COVID thing is coming. All at the same time, the suspensions, the Carabao Cup. Oh, my God, the Carabao Cup. Uh, we're having all that together, so uh, there's nothing we can do. You have to play the guys that you have available and do whatever you need to do to win. So, does it affect the team? Yes, it can also help uh, players that maybe don't get the minutes usually to be confident and in here, and it also helps Max. And the coaching staff to know, okay, we have these players that can fit in these positions in the future. Maybe if we were on a situation on a game, we can use this this player in this position, or we we have more confidence on this player, or give young guys. Not that we have played a lot of young guys, but it gives it gives them the chance to play because in a full squad, there's no no way that. Mm-hmm young guy's going to play, but maybe in this situation we can explore that. So that's that's my thing. And I always I wanted to say also about the last topic, something that I forgot to say. The midfielder from Lyon, uh, Grima is his name. That's a defensive midfielder yeah. who, who has some passing range. He's a good option too. I don't think he would, would come in January because he's 40 million, but he's also a good option for a midfield. Yeah, that's uh, all great uh, thoughts. Some of these questions are great. Um, <clears throat> why not play a 4-3-1-2? Uh, 
We were using wingers to give the right position for Kiesa to thrive. Now, no Kiesa. Having three midfielders can give balance to the team properly. 4-3-1-2 is just a different variation of the 4-3-3. Um, just playing one in the hole, almost even like a false nine can kind of look like a 4-3-1-2. I think any variation of this is what we're going to end up seeing. Even when Max plays his 4-4-2, he has three central midfielders. So it is what we are kind of getting and it just changes again based on who the players are so in a sense we kind of are getting this but uh i think the straight up 433 is probably best right now for who we have you can go a 4231 but i do like the stability of the three midfielders i would have to agree frankie what do you think yeah i i would have to agree with you all in the sense that i do like those three midfielders especially if we can play like Arthur Loka, which I don't think is going to happen a lot, uh, but uh, if we could do that, why don't do it? To play that midfield, you have McKinney, Loka, and Arthur in this, and you have that that secure midfield, and you also have McKinney, which in yesterday's game, yesterday's game, one of the big problems that Juventus at the beginning was that. Uh, forward midfielder the midfield going forward and attacking the space in the area i that i did saw that sometimes we lack that man in the, in the area and those McKinney runs would would have been great because rabio he goes forward but on the on that left side and and i would like to see that trio on the midfield because it would work especially good yeah um the four-two-three situation, I would say, I don't think it's gonna happen because of Dybala. I don't think Max is gonna explore a, a four-two-three having Dybala, even though you can play it and don't play like exactly as a four-two-three and just give Dybala on that right side the the freedom to move centrally. But uh, I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, that yeah. four-two-one-two intrigues me. Yes, yeah. Lex. Yeah, I think uh, someone mentioned in the chat, they called it the McArthurelli midfield trio, which was funny. So shout out to whoever mentioned that. But uh, yeah, McArthurelli. Yep. <laughs> shout out to Omar. We always we give him credit too for this one for pointing out the 4-3-3 with that midfield. And I'm like you mentioned, that formation is a variation of the 4-3-3 pretty much. And yeah. I'm cool with the 4-3-3 with the McArthurelli trio. And then Dybala on that right attacking side. And then I'm also, I still like the 4-2-3-1. It's another formation I think that our team is well suited for. So I think any variation of those um, you're good with. Yeah, and I think that just becomes rotational. Um, if you're going to have two pivots, Arthur's taking a rest, then you can go Locatelli and, you know, Benta or even McKenney, and you can get away with it, right? But um, for the most part, I like the three. Um, let's go on to the next one. Um, Storm the Barn. Not what we all want, but do you think Max starts Loka and Arthur together against Milan? I don't think it can be denied. Um, and I'm not going to think otherwise. So I'm going to say, hell yeah. Hell yeah, uh, he does. Well, well I'm going to deny it. It's going to pasar. He's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think I, I Frank. I'm sorry. I, I I I would like. I would love to you're say. Sorry, you're smiling. Well, well, because I'm laughing, seeing your pain. I'm sorry. I'm that's a bad guy. 
No, I will. I would love to say to you, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to play those three guys together, but that's not going to happen. You know it. Deep down, you know it. Lex, obviously, he's very smart. He knows it. Come on, Lex. Lex is tiebreaker here. No, Lex knows. I'm not saying what we want. What is going to happen? Hey, hey, put the gun down, Frankie, okay? Let her answer. I'm pointing at you. Put the gun down. I'm pointing at you. I'm, I'm not doing the cliff dance. No, I don't do that. I'll point at you off. You see my finger right there in your face. <laughs> Lex, your tie break here. So the question's not what I would do, because I would. But when Max, he has a tendency, <laughs> a history of some consistent lineup choices but and it i can't don't know like denied right now no it can't it can't i just i don't know if it's a good thing that he tried it out against a sampdoria side like that i, I don't know if it means he's going to repeat it for milan on the weekend so i my heart but, says that we want him to repeat it but do i think scared me was the 90 minutes of locatelli like i said yeah. against samp that that's concerning frankie stop it stop it <laughs> Um, do it like the Grinch. I'm gonna. I still say it can't be denied. Even Max, with all his stubbornness, everything like they they gotta be on the pitch. So you lost. To be clear, <laughs> you lost. I lost this, but I'm gonna I win love, on the weekend when you yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I hope you do. I hope. I hope, do. I hope. I hope. I want you to win. I want you to be happy. There we go. Okay, <clears throat> let's try and sneak a couple more quick ones in here. If we sell Kulu, do we go for Vlaovic or cheaper Skamaka and fill in another whole midfield? So just to generalize this question, not even using Kulishevsky, just should this team be opting for Vlaovic or go cheaper in your personal opinion? I'm going to answer. Let's just try and go real quick to try and get a couple. I'm just going to say cheaper options, spread it out. Gun to my head, I say spread it out because we have too much, too many needs. Uh, Frankie, uh, if I would say I, I agree with you, Al. if if the if the one week thing was like when Kiesa wanted to come to Juve, and there's no way he's going to another team or the Locatelli, in which the team is forced to negotiate with us, then that's another discussion. But I don't think Valvik feels that passionately <laughs> about coming to Juve. So that's why I would sell just buy Scamaga, who's a great prospect, and just spread out the money out, and, yeah. and bring out another midfielder that we need. Yeah. Lex, splash it or spread it out? I agree with what Francisco said. I think that you can't go wrong with either, but I think it just really depends on Vlavic's intent. Um, it's hard to pass up a player like that, especially if he's set, like has his sights set on coming to Juve. Exactly. That would be a different discussion, though, as you mentioned. But I, I think you can't go wrong with either. So I'm kind of split on this question. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Look, like I mean, Vlavic uh, will be special. Give him the ball's money and move on. Ooh, Vlaovic, I think, is a quick fix. Gamaka midfielder is long term thinking. Which I don't we need. Know. Which we need. That's yeah, short, that's, that's that's the thing. Uh, we that's need Vlaovic. Skamaka is too big a gamble to build our attacking line on. Would rather sacrifice elsewhere as we need goals. Look, the tough thing is, is that I, we have we have a few needs. I mean, we could get by, but I don't know. I just I think it's it's hard when we don't know the financials. By the way. Our own Joey Cappuccino's put together an incredible piece on the financials. Once we have this, 
we'll be able to have a better understanding and idea to maybe tackle these questions a little bit better because it's really hard. But right now, I mean, I think we would all say, yeah, we want Vlaovic. But, I mean, if we're going to we're gonna be selling and you got to bring guys in, what are you doing? How, how big are these Band-Aids and this patchwork that we're going to be doing in the midfield? Because if Ramsey and Rabiot both go, if we send Kuliszewski pack and whatnot, and just bring in Vlaovic. No. It's tight. That's tight. That's too tight. So it, it, it's, it's a very, very tough one. Now, this was great. Great storm, the barn session. It looks like the name is staying alive. So sorry, Luca, you lose yet again in the mud. Luca in the mud. Despite an, an absurd amount of snow out there in eastern Canada, he is still finding himself in the mud. Okay, now, fantastic show, everybody. Uh, we appreciate all the support. I'm going to remind everybody while you're here just to quickly like the video. Again, if you're tuning into this podcast on audio, get over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, okay? And uh, thanks, everybody, for the support. Um, and I just want to highlight <clears throat> through this Copitalia a couple thoughts. One is this team has regained the motivation, the drive, and the fight. That's one thing that's been consistent over these past few games that is big. It's big for us. And the rest was putting together the mat, the gameplay in the performances. We're starting to get that too based on who is out there. Okay. That's fantastic. A bigger thing too is when you see guys like Ake coming in, Sule's only had a brief cameo. He was great. But you have promising talents like Miretti. Um we're going to have Rovella coming back probably next season. Rovella Hive, get ready for it. Um, the nice thing is, is that we actually, for the first time in as long as I can remember, have a very promising and strong, like, youth program. Like, we have a strong, strong program when you start looking at these names and the guys that are coming up. De Winter, I mean, it's fantastic. This is huge. This was all Cherubini. So for those of you that, you know, like Cherubini put together this youth project and he's been working on that and it's fantastic. And we have promising players, guys that we're now looking at potentially making that jump in next season. The following one, Fajoli. Fajoli is another name. Guys, it's looking fantastic. We haven't had that in a very, very long time. So Cherubini is taking a lot of heat for transfer stuff that he's, it's out of his control because he's taking over from the previous guy. Sure. He was a part of it, but Kato Beanie's biggest thing is this uh, youth project. And it's incredible right now. It is the strongest I have ever seen out of Juventus. So everybody that's doubting maybe the project where we're going, anything like that. <clears throat> don't look any further than our youth project because all of a sudden that's going to help our finances big time because even if you can utilize one, two of these guys coming up, that frees up so much money in salaries, um, saving transfer fees and whatnot. So I very much can see where Juventus is going and it looks very, very strong. Is there anything you guys want to touch on in terms of the youth project, these prospects, anything as we kind of wrap up this uh, episode? I said that um, Juventus is a top-tier team in Europe in, in, in name and brand, 
but we cannot compete with the top players, top teams economically. Uh, we cannot. The way to go is to get those guys before they explode, develop them, do a good, uh, like we said back in the in Puerto Rico, una finca, a farm, uh, a, a system in which young players could develop. So we can, we only need to go out to buy on the positions that are dearly uh, that that we need. Like go buy if we need a right back, then go buy that right back. Buy by need, no buy. Stardom. We cannot compete with City and PSG or even other Premier League teams. They have more money, uh, so we need to develop our players more. And and going this route is gonna be better. Maybe it's slow now. Yeah. But on the long run, we're going to have a core, a good core, in which you, we can continue to add young players to develop themselves and to slowly come up and be part of the team, which is yeah. the goal. Lex, anything to touch on? Uh, not much to add to what you both said, other than that I agree with that. I think that having a good youth system is advantageous for our team, especially as you mentioned with the kind of economic disparity now between those like super wealthy clubs and um, our clubs. And so I think that definitely, and I think speaking of our youth program and everything, shout out to Marquisio for his birthday today. I'm wearing his jersey. I think someone in the chat um, asked earlier, but uh, yeah, it's my Marquisio kit. So I had to wear it, of course, but yeah. Don't don't get it's her moment out. It's her moment out. Don't get caught up in it. Frankie, put the gun down, man. We're at the end of the show, man. The gun needs to be blazing at the start, okay? Come on, come on. So here's some of the and you know, Dan's coming in here saying anyone playing on U23 will never be UVA starting material. Um, and this is just a feeling again, I can understand because you've seen for so long what Juventus has actually done, which is next to nothing with the youth project and stuff like that. But I mean, again, it's never been this strong. So we will have to see how they do what they do with it and how they utilize it, but we can hope for change, but everybody is right. We have to have to start integrating them at some point. But again, I think it falls a lot on the player, what they offer, who they are, and you don't want to rush guys. You also don't want to delay guys too long. So I think we could still do a little bit better in terms of that. But let's just wait and see. For now, let's enjoy the fact that we have a lot of these promising kids. And let's see what develops. Again, this whole project thing, I think Juve has been kind of just dipping their toes in the water a bit. But it's time to really dive in. They need to realize all this talent that they have. And we'll see what it happens. And like I said, in the future, this can mean a lot of a lot of positive things for Juve. It's never negative to have this much talent uh, at the youth level because, again, sure, some can be bargaining chips. Others can be integrated into the squad. In the long run, it's all money, and it's all gravy, and it all helps us. And when you've been doing business for a while and you start eating contracts and you start getting a roster of guys you can't move, these this is what saves you. Not right away. But like Francisco says, in a couple of years, you could be set and you could be laughing. So, again, it's a fantastic project that I think Cherubini needs much, much more credit for. And um, I really, really uh, am happy seeing it. 
that's it. That's it for this episode. Again, great win in the Coppa Italia. Everybody get ready. I'm already ready for it this weekend. Milan, Milan and Juve. Frankie's got the guns out, okay? It's going to holster them for now, but on the weekend, we're all going to be ready, fired up. Milan, okay? Uh, we are going to have some guests joining us. Um, and might one might just be a Milan fan. Make oh, sure you join God. the live chat and let's give them the gears, okay? Let's really put them through the ringer because Juve is going to put that team through the ringer and get the W, okay? Big, big match this weekend. Match Day Live, you know where to find us, okay? It'll be here on the Match Day morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern. We'll have another panel, and we're going to tackle that one and get you hyped up for it, okay? Everybody, one last reminder, like the video. If you're new, subscribe to the channel. Everybody that enjoys the content, all we ask is that you share the content, okay? And uh, continue to spread the word, spread the love, and let's continue to grow this community, okay? Thank you for everybody who's also creating new accounts on Twitter and jumping on and following all of us and joining in the discussions that are there, okay? Thanks, everybody. Fino alla fina. Forza Juventus. Ciao a tutti. Thanks, everyone.